welcome back to the podcast guys and we're back with the moon dog again um she's been ripping into me for the last half an hour already um so <laughs> i'm slowly giving up the will to live but we'll get we'll get through hey. it hey um, hey but this episode we're going to talk about if we were to start our health and fitness journey again what would you do differently firstly how long have you been training for how long have i been training for actually not as long as i wish that i had been i remember I remember it being 21 and absolutely hating exercise. Like, I would not exercise. I used to, I joined a gym with my friend when I was 22. And we used to go to Bannatine's gym and then go and get Burger King straight after. And we used to think it was funny. So my fitness journey has not been that long lived. Maybe 23, 24. And I'm 29. <laughs> 29 now. So what is that, five years maybe? Yeah, four, five years. So mine's mine's really not that long. I had a really active childhood. So snowboarding water skiing all the jazz but just not actually really embracing the healthy life so yeah, yeah mine's not that long yeah yours is like an eternity yeah i think i came out the womb being active yeah <laughs> i played <laughs> often active but not yeah. in our health and fitness life. yeah in like proper health and fitness side of things i think i probably started actually in the gym at 11 um through strength and conditioning really lucky to be around amazing coaches from such a young age and learn a hell of a lot from them as well and i wouldn't be where i am who i am doing what i am without those people because it really ignited my passion for health and fitness and it made me realize that when you do the work on something guess what you get results whereas i think so many kids for example go through school and they work their ass off or they don't work their ass off then at the end of a term it's like here's an exam well done you passed or you failed fuck um whereas the gym showed me that that kind of week in week out you do the work you see the progress when my form got better i added a little bit of weight and also just got me around the right people which was amazing but rewind five years ago for me if you were to give anna some advice who was starting a health and fitness journey what would it be are we not talking about fitness mistakes same thing oh you go first okay um <laughs> mine would be to Get the most from the least. I think so many people um, go through their health and fitness journey basically thinking they need to do more, 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 more. They think more is better. They go and they start doing German high volume training, doing 10 sets of 10 squat and things like this. Uh, and they're just more, 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 more cardio, more steps, more workouts. It's completely wrong. The goal of training, especially in the beginning, is to get the best results that you possibly can from doing the least. And I know that sounds really contrary, but if you can do that, and then you get incredible results and you hit a certain level, then when you hit that level and you hit that plateau, you've got more ammunition. If you were in a, in a war or a fight, you wouldn't throw all of your ammunition, all of your troops at the fight, because if it didn't go to plan, you've got nothing nothing as a backup. So I'm not saying you pussyfoot around your training. You go in and you do the least that you need to, to get the results that you want to, but it doesn't mean you have to think about more. I know I made so many mistakes previously where i was running ridiculous programs doing stupid volume and it probably just led to injuries rather than actually helping me achieve the goals that i wanted to mm, interesting mm. <laughs> i think um if i think about it the one of the things that i think i thought when i first started my fitness journey was that it would be like when i did that program or that thing that would be it and i think that was one of the foolish things that i thought is that the fitness journey was the 6, 8, 12, 14 weeks, whatever it might be that I'd worked with someone or had a personal training, whatever it might be, and that things wouldn't change. And I think that's been one of the biggest things that I've learned and that I see that so many people never see is that they expect to, when they're done, 
with that thing, that one thing, that one goal, that fat loss, whatever it might be, that 12-week training block, that they'll be done. But your fitness journey is then going to change again. Your body's going to change, your weight's going to change. The way you look at everything, the way you train, is going to change because your interests change, your desires change, don't they? Mm. I think that was one of the things that I almost wish I knew because it, it just allows you to open your mind a lot more to trying different things as well. Yeah, 100%. And that's gold. It's like seeing what you enjoy. Then on the other side of that, I think this is a bit of a side tangent, but I think it'll be useful for people. I think people then get caught in the other way where they just become too passive and they're like, oh, it's fine. I'll stretch this out. Yeah. Because well, it's a lifestyle. And I'm like, yeah, it is a lifestyle, but you've got a fucking goal to achieve. So get it done. So it's, how, how, what would you say to someone who's like maybe being, they've set a goal, but they're being a bit passive about it and they're maybe not, they're on a weight loss journey, okay? And they're like, oh, it's okay, I'm maintaining. But their goal isn't to maintain. Their goal is fat loss. So they're not they're not maintaining, they're failing to diet. What would you say to that woman? I was going to say, yeah, you're failing to diet. I, I think it's about I think it's about putting yourself in perspective. Is that it, I think it happens to a lot of women in that they'll lose a bit of weight and they feel good. And then getting into that next bit is the biggest, biggest challenge. But that's where a lot of people get lost is in this sea of, they've dieted but then they're maintaining but they're not because what happens is your perception of maintenance is so wrong and that's one of the issues that i created for myself is that i was failing to diet and also failing to maintain so i had this perception that i could only eat 1500 calories in a week which these people will be doing because they're failing at a diet but actually at the weekend you're just eating loads of shit or you're not tracking everything so what you're doing is create this really challenged relationship with yourself because you feel that that's the only place that you can maintain because that's what you're doing. So that's that's one thing that I, I really think you when you go into a diet, you have to go in with intent and say, right, okay, if you're not losing anymore, like if we have clients that aren't continuously losing, they have a longer period of time and they're just maintaining, but they feel like they're dieting, we'll just take them out. Take them out of diet, calories are going up. We must actually maintain and refresh their minds and then go back into it. Yeah, it's about looking at it in like intervals rather than a, yeah. steady, a steady state run. And go in, like, it's not it's not forever. Like, you have to make sacrifices, of course you do when you're dieting. But, you know, I said to one of my girls the other day, I said, she said, oh, what, what should I do about pudding? I said, you've got two choices. If you're happy with the progress you've made so far, go and eat the pudding. You know, if you're happy, you're like, yeah, actually, I've made some good progress. I'm really happy with what I am. I said, but like you said to me this week, you're not happy with the progress you've made and you don't know why your weight's not dropped. But now you're considering going and eat a pudding, which you know will take you over your calories. So you have the choice and it depends what the outcome is that you want. And it's just like when we went back to about training sacrifice, that like you have to make sacrifice, you have to make forced habits in order to get the outcome that you want. Two decisions to absolutely everything, towards or away. Yeah, and it's a it's a penny, who is it? Um, I think it was Jen that is it an analogy. She said about, um, reminded us all of, you have a choice, you either put a penny in the jar of the old you so you feed your old habits or you put a penny in the jar of the new you and you have to decide which one you do on that day and every time you put a penny in your old jar you're holding yourself back from the person that you want to be just because you're feeding your old habit but i feel like your old habits like a gremlin like it's there like trying to pull you back yep. and you've literally got like like the ghostbusters like <laughs> gotta that's, fight a, it off. <laughs> that's a great that's a great analogy because i think when people hear those analogies they can literally envision that when they've got that decision I yeah think the biggest get thing the is pots is, is actually like slow down when people make decisions like mm. actually think it through what's the upside what's the downside old habits new habits yeah listen to the two gremlins on your shoulders or the, or the, <laughs> the, the devil and the angel like which one am i going to listen to here and then who's gonna, which penny am i going to put in which pot i think having the ability and the framework to be able to run through that is uh absolutely gold 
I love that. Um, one of the biggest mistakes that I made, and if I was to give advice to my younger self, would obviously I was around amazing coaches from such a young age, and I was really lucky to have that. But it was all geared towards um, strength and conditioning. It was about how I performed, how strong I was, how I performed on the tennis court, on the rugby pitch. But I had a, an itch to scratch. I was a young kid. I wanted to look good, <laughs> okay? And I would go in the gym and I would just start throwing shit around. Like maybe my, my form was always okay because I got taught the right way, but I wasn't doing effective workouts. I was kind of winging it. And I would probably ask more questions, okay? I would ask those coaches like, look, I'm really interested in this. I love this, but hey, I want to, how can I grow my chest? How can I grow my shoulders? Because I'm a young kid. I want to want to look good as well. So I think if you are in a situation and just and you've got access to people like on Instagram now you can well, you can message us you can message literally any coach a question and I'm 100% sure they will just happily help you out if you're curious or you're interested save your time from scrolling through endless bullshit on Instagram or YouTube and just ask someone who's either been there and done it or helped hundreds or thousands of people and do it and you will literally take something that might have taken you a year to figure out and you will do it in one conversation like it ask for help it's scary asking for help because it is something that i encourage the girls to do when they go in the gym if they're like oh, i don't know about that exercise oh, you know i can't i just don't know i'm a bit scared of that machine how do i use that machine is just go and ask someone that is in the gym then like the receptionist is not going to bite you like a pt is not going to bite you they'll be like yeah let me just show you how to use the machine i will if i go into the gym and i'm like what is that device but i want to give it a go I will just go and ask someone to show me how to use it. And there's no need to be embarrassed because everybody had to learn how to use it at one point. It's just that that person already knows before you. And that's, yeah, it doesn't need to be a fear. Yes, yeah, 100%. It's, uh, people think the gym's as big a scary place. The biggest thing I say is always everyone's there for the same reason. Whether whether their goal be fat loss, muscle building, marathon, triathlon, Ironman, Sally just wants to tone her bingo wings, whatever it might be, they're all there for one common goal, just to be better than they were yesterday. Yeah. And there's always that degree of relatability in the gym. So just don't be scared to reach out and ask for help for someone. Okay. That was emotional. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's another mistake you made? Oh dear. I think one of the biggest mistakes I made that cost me a whole year of training was thinking that I was above warm-ups, foam rolling, stretching. And that sounds so basic, but I really thought I was above it. I was like, yeah, I'm invincible. I'm training. I was at CrossFit. I was going to the gym. I was training. It got to a point where I was doing like 12 sessions a week and I was just absolutely annihilating myself. But I was like, I was so strong. I was really fit. And I was like, I'm fully above this. I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that. And then boom, one day, patellas. Should then walking like a cripple. Yeah, but I couldn't run for a year. I couldn't train my lower body for a year. And it was, it was like the biggest form of torture but it was no one else's fault but my own. And I, it happens with so many people is that you're like, yeah, I don't need to do the warm up. It doesn't matter. Oh, you'll pay. <laughs> and it was just the, it was the just worst wait. thing I'd ever done. <laughs> just wait till you, it catches just, up. You wait, it's coming for you. Um, I hope it doesn't. But a lot of people it does, especially with running. Mm-hmm. I think that's been that's been one of the, the biggest things with running is that I was then had to wait so long to get back into it because of something that I'd done. So... Don't miss your warm-ups. Yeah. But I think uh, to flip it and give people a, like a positive look at that as well, it's like, yes, you're warming up to stay away from injury, but 
if you're anything like me or Anna, you want to get the most out of every single session. Oh, yeah. Your performance. If your performance is so mm. much better if you actually warm up. Yeah, that, is, that literally, if you go, like, if, if you go down to running or weight training, if you just go into a lift, so say you're hip thrusting 80 kilos, you go into the gym, you just lift that bar, your glutes are not engaged, they are not warmed up, and the amount that you'll get out of that movement is so low, you'll probably do your back in as well, so it'll just be like a triple whammy. But you'll get so much less out of that. And it's the same with running, isn't it? If you don't warm up and you go straight into a tempo, you're trying to run really fast, you are not going to get the same out of it because your heart rate's through the roof and your performance will be, yeah, mm-hmm. significantly decreased. But a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, I don't have the time to do warm-ups. And I'm like, well, bullshit. yeah, it's bullshit because you'll be moaning when you can't go to the gym for five weeks because you've done your back end. So it's just really about just, it's a couple of minutes. Like before you warm up for a run, Star jumps, running on the spot, literally yeah. just warm. Or, yeah, star jumps on the spot and then start your your run with 500 meters really, 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 really easy. Yeah, That's super literally slow. all it needs to be. It doesn't have to be this groundbreaking. That was one of the biggest mistakes I made, which caused my injury is I would literally, I remember putting on my shoes, swing myself over my balcony, bang, out the door. And just, tear, and just absolutely tearing it because I was like in competition with everybody else on Instagram trying to have like the fastest pace. And then wonder why you feel like you're dying in your run as yeah, well. Yeah, and you're like, oh, is this normal? <laughs> I love running. <laughs> <laughs> Real good. Um, uh, we'll do one more. Mine would be, I would never, ever, ever bulk. Oh, that's such a good one. I am in a grill. That was the worst thing, one of the worst things I've ever done. Yeah. I felt, I, I was actually going to show you a picture. All right, let me, so I'll show you this picture yeah. on why we're on this. I actually literally, just before we came, I saw it and I thought, oh. and I, do you know what? I did this bulk and I felt the worst I have ever felt. I felt devastated. Can you believe that's me? <laughs> yeah. I can't believe, I, I, I cannot believe. How did you end up there? I thought that that's what I needed to do to gain muscle. And it's so interesting because I actually gained so much more muscle when I was at maintenance, of course, and that's how I learned that that was the most valuable thing for me. But I wanted to go into a bulk and someone let me. <laughs> I know I'd, I, I'd, I, I don't encourage it. Like we don't take our clients into bulks for that reason is that I then had to go for a 16 week diet to lose all that body fat. And I felt it was so hard. It was so hard. Um, yeah. And I, I yeah, I, I didn't notice that I'd made any significant gain, but the biggest problem with most people is that you can't control yourself in a bulk. And that was my biggest challenge is that I couldn't control myself around food once I had an abundance of food. So I was then so used to eating that much that I just gained so much body fat. And you start undoing the healthy habits that you've actually created through a diet yeah. and a bit of a maintenance phase or reverse. Oh yeah, I was eating plates as, as big as a guy and it was just it was just not worth it. It's yeah. just, yeah. Experience? My experience, I just ended up fat. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> and I think this is this is people think by all of a sudden packing on loads of weight that all of a sudden packing on yeah, loads, like, loads I've more muscle. Weight, I've gained the weight, it's, yeah. you're getting fat. Like, I'm going to keep it really freaking simple right now. If you're in the gym and you want to build muscle, as long as you're getting stronger, you're building muscle. Done. Yeah, for sure. Done. Yeah, And it is how much nicer it is for you to build muscle when you maintain. But the problem is obviously... We're in a generation where bodybuilding is such a big thing on Instagram that you, 
as the everyday woman feel that you need to do exactly what they're doing so you talk about diet like a cut you know you you, you look at dropping your carbs like they do and is that you've got to remember that that's almost that's an extreme sport and everything they do is extreme and it, it's not it's not healthy for the everyday person yeah. it's, they know it's not they know it's not healthy as well so it's like you're not them so don't worry about what they're doing and focus on yourself but it's just the, mm-hmm. the generation that yeah. has come in i like i like the phrase of stop bulking and start main gaining most people main gaining main gaining maintaining Mm. maintaining and gaining um main gaining main (laughs) main gaining sounds like mangina (laughs) mangina (laughs) (laughs) um but i think the biggest thing that most most guys particularly do is they get to a position where they're fairly lean and all of a sudden they flip the switch of like i want to bulk and then they just actually end up gaining loads of body fat and gaining a little bit of muscle at the same time, but gaining way more body fat than they actually need to. But then they get to the point where they're actually not comfortable anymore. They're not com- com- confident, which is where they wanted to get to in the first place. Back where they started. Back where they started, essentially, maybe with half a kilo more muscle. Okay, if that, if they're lucky. And then all they end up doing is actually having to diet so hard to get all of that body fat down that they end up losing all the muscle that they worked so freaking hard to build in the first place when they could have just stayed in reasonable shape got crazy strong in the gym not felt like shit then not had to diet away their muscle people end up in this vicious cycle of bulking hard cutting hard going somewhere then back somewhere then back somewhere you know, then one back. of the biggest things that people forget to do in that process learn how to actually fucking train yeah. you know it's people want to do you want to do a bulk you want to do surplus but you're not even hip thrusting more than 50 kilos and your weights are not moving in the gym you don't know how to train in the gym the best thing that you can do is actually learn how to train and start eating protein first of all you know mm-hmm. two of the most important things is that women you know some of my clients send me a picture and they're like i want to look like this and i'm like you're eating 70 grams of protein a day and you're barely going to the gym so how are we going to do that you know you've got to before you even think about doing what the bodybuilders do you know at the end of the day you have to start training like a bodybuilder if you really want to build muscle you know fair place and they train with some incredible intent so you have to learn how to train first and eat the protein and if you give that enough time you know when you give that 14 16 weeks of consistently doing that you will see the muscle build and you'll see it build so much better in your maintenance because you're not covered in fat yeah you'll actually see the you'll actually changes. see the change yeah whereas when you're bulking you can't see it so mm-hmm. you're like is it fat is it muscle yeah. You also don't gain muscle anywhere near as quickly as everybody thinks. No, it takes a long time. (laughs) Arnold Schwarzenegger, arguably one of the best bodybuilders of all time. Incredible genetics, perfect training, perfect nutrition, shitloads of steroids, okay? He'd be lucky if he could gain seven, eight, nine, ten pounds of muscle in a whole year. Yeah. Do you think you or me with probably average genetics, definitely not perfect nutrition, definitely not perfect training because we're all human, okay? Also, like a pina colada every now and then. And <laughs> you're going to do well if you can gain three or four pounds of muscle in a year. And you're going to look significantly better for that. So just, again, comes back to what Anna said about focusing on that long term. And uh, just learn from our mistakes here. And please don't fuck up. <laughs> what have, have we got any more fitness mistakes? I think, do you know what? We may as well go one more each for sure. Mine was that I never did the maintenance phase after a diet. Mm. That took me years to get over that. Years to get over that. I I lost, I did this, I remember I did this bulk and then I lost all the body fat, but I, I dieted really well, but I lost it all. And then I got to a point where I was like, I've got this. I like, everything's good. 
I feel great. I don't need to worry about that anymore. And I let go of my tracking. And it was because obviously when you come out of a diet as well, you're so adapted to eating like 1500 calories. You then, of course you do become a little bit fearful of the calories going up. So rather than tracking the calories up, what you do is you shy away from it and you don't track your calories and you then end up consuming way more than you need to. And that's when the body fat creeps back. And that's one of the biggest problems that women have when they come to training runner is that they say, I've lost the body fat. I know how to lose body fat. And most women's problem is not losing body fat. Like we all know how to lose body fat. Everyone's a professional dieter. Yeah. Not a professional is a professional maintainer. Yeah. And that was, that was the biggest, that was the biggest learning lesson for me. And it took, took me a lot to get where I am now. Whereas I can say I'm chief maintainer, aren't I? You are like captain, <laughs> captain maintain. Like it's ridiculous. In the 63s, low 64s, yeah. 12 months. Mo- most people like, <laughs> most people actually like don't realize what maintenance is. And my, yeah. my definition of maintenance would be if you can hold your body weight within about 5%. So if you're 60 kilos, can you hold between 60 and 63? If you're 80 kilos, can you hold between 80 and 84? Because life happens, weight fluctuates. It's just not realistic to go bang. Okay. But if you can actually maintain that and also think just creating that guideline, if you're mm. creeping up on that, gives yeah. you a very black or white objective. Say, oh shit, what's going on? What have I started doing? What have I stopped doing? And why have I crept up here? And you go, sort your shit out. If you're yeah. lower, you've probably got a bit more flexibility. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing to give people a bit of a takeaway is when you finish a diet, don't get rid of everything that's got you there and have a slow exit strategy. So if you are getting overwhelmed with tracking all the time, just drop to six days out, six out of seven days a week. Do yeah. that for a couple of weeks. If you manage to maintain, great, drop to five days. Then maybe you just track two or three days, but you still keep your meal structure in place. You eat similar foods. You still get your steps in. You keep the healthy habits that you've worked your fucking ass off yeah. for the last 12, 16, 24, six months, year, whatever it might be to get there. This, don't throw it out the window it's like when we were speaking to to jen and it's saying about the journey of change only starts when you finish your diet because and it, it for your conversation like when you diet you've got really good at dieting so you've got really good at living a life in a diet you when you finish your diet you haven't got good at living a life maintaining so you have no idea how many calories you need to consume how flexible you can be and there's only going to be a point that you can you know your first reaction is like oh, i'll just take my calories up by 100 a day because i'm not that hungry i'm fine but you, you're not fine you're not going to be fine because as soon as you start to introduce foods or you go out socially more um no there's going to be a tipping point where you actually can't cope with it anymore and then you're just going to go in you know because your your body is going to be craving things that are high in fat high in sugar they digest well and it's going to fill you up so that's your body's natural cravings so once you once your body starts sensing those it's going to be like okay i need this back because i need to feel full i need my energy back and that's the biggest problem that so many women have is that you diet and then you're like yeah fuck it i'm done I am done. You're like, and then, you know, it goes four, five, six weeks and you're like, yeah, I'm living life like this and I'm not gaining. All it of a will sudden. Come. All it of will a sudden. come. Yeah. And then next week, you know, you're two, four, six, eight kilos up, 10 kilos up and you're right back where you started. And you're beating yourself up because you've done it again. Yeah. But you just haven't learned how to maintain. And that's the hardest bit. It's the hardest bit. Getting in shape's easy. Eat less, move more, do it for a little easy. bit of a time. <laughs> I couldn't eat in, less than 2,000 calories. In, <laughs> in no, theoretical form it's simple maintaining is harder maintaining yeah. is harder but guys let us know what was your biggest mistake you've made in your health and fitness journey or what stands out most for you lovely thanks